0: Welcome back to Talking Headlines. I'm your host, Katie. And today, I am going to start y'all out with a personal story. I was a bigger kid. I got my blood drawn at 10 years old to test for diabetes because I was overweight. I don't even remember a whole lot of what I ate as a kid, but I do know that I came out the womb with big thighs. And familial genetics played a huge part in why I was overweight. However... I had the best role model in my home. My mom would get up every single morning and work out. For most of my life growing up, I watched her better herself every single morning. It inspired me. Now, I'm in better shape than most people my age. I eat ridiculously healthy and not a single part of it was because I was put on weight loss drugs. This article from NBC News states the American Academy of Pediatrics included anti-obesity drugs for the first time this year in its guidelines for treating childhood obesity. According to the guidelines, pediatricians should offer weight-loss drugs to adolescents ages 12 and up with obesity alongside diet and lifestyle changes that encourage healthy eating and exercise. This will not fix the problem. It is a band-aid over a bigger issue. In order to solve the problem, You need to start at the root, at birth, not try to do damage control with drugs that will inherently cause more damage down the road. You guys, this makes me so incredibly sad. It, my mom sent it to me actually, and I can understand taking weight loss drugs if you're an adult, and I'm not, you know. I, I was I, I did my fair share of fat burners and stuff like that when I was younger, like 19, but that was my choice. Like, my mom wasn't telling me to do that. Um, but the article goes on to say, childhood obesity rates continue to rise in the U.S., affecting nearly one in five kids and adolescents ages 2 to 19. It, to combat it, experts are calling for early and intensive treatment for some children that may include weight loss medication. Four weight loss drugs are approved for use in adolescents as young as 12: Wegovy, Saxenda, Orlistat, and Cusmia Wegovy and Saxenda are part of a newer class of drugs called GLP-1 agonists and have soared in popularity in the past year. The recommendations were immediately met with controversy, especially from groups concerned about eating disorders, who worried that including weight loss drugs would ultimately be harmful to children. They're worried about the fact that the kids might have eating disorders because they're on weight loss drugs like okay fair fair uh what about what the weight loss drug is gonna do to your 12 year old why aren't we worried about what the weight loss drug is gonna do to your 12 year old when i say it starts at the root it starts from the very very beginning you teach your kids how to eat healthy however If you don't know how to eat healthy yourself, how, how, how are you ever going to teach your child how to eat healthy and how to be healthy? So even before birth, it starts with you. Your habits affect your children. And my story is a prime example of how my mom's habits, her good habits, that woman, when I tell y'all that she was In the office, like in the office in our house, on the elliptical for hours losing weight. And she was eating healthy. And I watched the entire thing. I was so, and I didn't even know it at the time, but I was so cued in to what she was doing that I ended up growing up and getting up and working out every morning and eating super healthy. Granted, I don't really have a choice because now my digestive system is absolutely trashed and uh today's been one of those days and um but kids emulate their parents they look up to their parents like thank god my mom was the one i emulated because otherwise i would have been in in deep shit but i literally as a small child like she was bigger when i was a baby And then as I started growing up, she shrunk. The woman shrunk. I mean, she it was amazing. It was amazing. And it it inspired me to work out and eat healthy. And I have been since I was... mm, I've been working out consistently since I was 17-ish. And then like super consistently 19. And I've been eating healthy you know, like mostly healthy, relatively healthy to like super duper healthy since I was 19. That's been 11 years. And I don't plan on living my life any other way. And I have my mom to thank for that. Like, thanks, mom. I know you're listening. Um, But seriously, it's like you can't be a role model. Like you can't be a good role model for your kid if you are shoving garbage in your mouth that's what they're watching actually literally just watched a youtube video where this mom was like she's called the most if you hear my laundry in the back i am so sorry i uh it's been a slow day for me so there was this lady who is coined the unhealthiest mom on tiktok and she gave her daughter like four donuts like the mini powdered donuts cut in half with an applesauce for breakfast, donuts, her daughter, donuts. And then every unhealthy meal that she feeds her children gets so many views and the healthy meals don't get as many views. Do you guys see the problem? (laughs) Do you see the problem? And she is going to think, she's going to grow up thinking that donuts are fine for breakfast. Donuts are fine for breakfast occasionally, and even then, it's like, do you really want to start your day with a donut? I've done that before. These All of these people at my at my current job, that's about to be my former job, thank Jesus, um, they bring in a bunch of sugar and shit because they don't care how they look. They don't care how they feel. They just want to stuff their faces with crap, and that's just not what I'm about. And, and really, if you think that you can just you know, feed your kid, like not teach your kid about health and portion sizes. And there's another article that I have that I'll pull up. It's basically about this kid who, or a few kids who have diabetes. It's this from Business Insider. It says, Natalie 12 with dark hair and perfectly arched eyebrows, that hint at her flair for dramatic, the seventh grader loves acting class and dancing. And blah blah blah. There is something strained and uh, okay. Hold on, that's enough about her. Like her mother, Kaylee, Natalie has uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome (PCOS), a condition which the ovaries overproduce testosterone, causing any causing an array of unpleasant symptoms and, in many cases, insulin resistance and a propensity to gain weight. Insider is using Natalie and Kaylee's first names to protect their privacy, so yeah, it's just their first names. It says Kaylee started taking the type two diabetes drug Mamjaro off label in August of twenty two to help with some of these symptoms, including weight gain. About nine months later, she started her preteen daughter on a similar medication, Wake And I don't know a whole lot about PCOS. Um I know a little bit, but I don't think And I could be wrong, but I don't think this is the answer. Um, It goes on to say, for Kaylee, the decision to put her 12-year-old on an injectable weight loss medication was complicated. She mulled over the decision for a year, researching Wegovy and taking notes of her own experience on Mount Jaro. Her worst fear, she told Insider, was that her daughter might develop an eating disorder. How about that the medication will have negative effects for the rest of her daughter's life? Now, these articles, they go on to say, if you put your kid on this weight loss drug that it is going to be something that they are on for the rest of their lives in order to keep the weight off. So what that tells me, and you know, they all they all say in this in the fine print that you need to couple it with diet and exercise. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Because what these drugs do is I don't I don't know exactly what the chemical, whatever reaction is in your your system but they decrease your appetite that's what they do they decrease your appetite you know what else decreases your appetite sticking to eating smaller portion sizes decreases your appetite the bigger your stomach gets the like the more food it takes to fill you up excuse me the smaller, like, and it, I'm not talking about your stomach, what you see on the outside, but your stomach, like the organ, your stomach, <laughs> the smaller your stomach organ is, the easier it is to fill up and the quicker you get full. That's why these gastric sleeve and gastric bypass surgeries are so Common or they're so, you know, they're, they're you see if you've ever watched my 600 pound life, you know They get gastric bypassing gastric sleeve and all that stuff it they so for a gastric sleeve they just like they literally put like a like a sleeve or whatever to Condense part of the stomach so that the food contents only goes into the part without the sleeve and then for gastric bypass They actually remove part of the stomach to make it smaller so you can actually train your stomach smaller. Like if you continuously eat a bunch of shit and you binge or you have big portion sizes or whatever, like your stomach organ, not just the fat around your stomach and your whatever your ribs and stuff, but your stomach organ will get bigger and then it takes more to fill you up. If you stick to smaller portion sizes your stomach organ will be smaller and it will be easier to fill yourself up. And if you just let your kid eat whatever they want to eat and you're like, yeah, no, it's fine. We'll just put them on wigovi," That is such bad parenting. It's so bad. And I feel like I have never been more ready to be a parent in my life. Obviously there's a few things that I have to get through first, but All of this talk with, you know, kids and technology and kids and weight loss and all that stuff. I have never been more ready to be a mother in my entire life because there are so many things wrong with how parents are raising their kids right now. I can't wait to raise my child in a way that is beneficial to the child, to the society. It's going to be great. So uh, that is my story. That is is my take on the child weight loss medication. I think it's a cop-out, personally. Okay, next up. This is from Inc.com. Match Group, owner of Hinge, Tinder, and The League. We're we're switching gears here, people. Like, we are flip-flopping, switch-swapping. Owner of Hinge, Tinder, and The League sued for predatory business model. Interesting, I had to click on this. It came up on my Google News. A group of six plaintiffs is suing Match Group, the owner of Tinder, Hinge, and The League, alleging that dating apps are a far cry from being designed to be deleted, which is Hinge's slogan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really are not designed to be deleted. The class action lawsuit filed on Valentine's Day, of course, in federal court in San Francisco, claims the app's profit from a predatory business model that promotes gamification of uh, gamification gamification of dating, turning a search for love into something akin to gambling addiction. And oh my God, can I like relate to that? If like swiping is so addicting and they've limited. I know they limited on Hinge and Bumble the number of swipes swipes. I am no longer on the dating app. So reading this, it's like oh, so I'm not on them, right? But yeah, no, they really are like searching for people and swiping and, and I mean, and for me, it's not even seeing how many likes I can get. It's just seeing like, well, is this person going to be right for me? Is this person going to be right for me? What about this person? Oh, this person looks good. Oh, this person looks good. And they do that. And there's an algorithm in the dating apps and they do and they, you know, if you've ever been on a dating app, it's like keep swiping so that we can tell your type. And then they give you, Some people that are your type and and sometimes they give you some people that I don't I don't even know. I've seen the craziest people on dating apps. It's actually insane. Although all three apps are free to download and use complaints about their algorithms are rampant. Some Hinge users have theorized, for example, that the people the algorithm predicts a user will find most attractive are locked up in Rose Jail where daters are required to send these profiles rows rather than a regular like which oh of which they only get one per week and TikTokers offering dissatisfied swipers hacks to get around such an obstacle have gone viral yeah so they basically like they only give you one rose. there's like a part on hinge where you can click on it and it's like a bunch of blurred out pictures but it's like oh or it's um no there's like a there's like a carousel of pictures and you can like swipe through them but you only get like one rose and then you have to pay for more roses it's like video games like you know how in video games you have to like sometimes you pay for like more swords or whatever i don't know maybe that was just this game that i played when i was a kid i I don't remember if we had to pay for more what was that like johnny johnny two-tone that game was fun me and my family would sit around and play... This is so off-topic, but me and my family would sit around and play Johnny Two-Tone for, like, fucking days. Oh, my God, I forgot about that game. That's where premium memberships and subscriptions come into play. Users who pay $49.99 per month, which is not nearly as bad as Tinder Select... Remember when we talked about Tinder Select? That's $500, of $500 a month. Per month for Hinge X... <clears throat> so fancy. Are promised the app will boost their profiles so that more singles and potential dates will see them... Tinder's Platinum. Oh, they have Tinder Platinum. That's fancy. The app's most expensive offering costs the same. Bullshit. That's bullshit. It is not their most expensive offering. Get get out of my face with that shit. And let's users message before they match. Creepy. You could do that for free on Instagram. You know what? You might as well just, just give them their address, right? At that point, you might as well just say, hey, you're paying out your fucking ass for Tinder Select. Here's the person's address. Go to their house. They haven't liked you. Go see if they do. Show up at their door. It's fucking ridiculous. According to The League, a dating app for ambitious singles, okay, members are typically seen 40% more and have 40% more matches than other non-members in their same demographic. Y'all, dating apps are trash. Like, I don't want to... Um, you know bring my personal life onto this podcast so much like what I'm doing in the day-to-day as far as like I'd like to keep my dating life offline um, because if you listen to the episode back at the end of July you know that was a very fun thing that I had to enter into that episode but um, I am I am all I'll say is that I'm very glad that I'm off dating apps I'm very glad that you know to an extent Bumble did me a solid and I don't have to hopefully worry about this mess anymore. I'm off the job market too. like, thank God (laughs) you guys. I am going to have to tell you about the job market one day. Maybe we'll talk about that next week because if you are in the market, this again, I'm so off topic today, but if you are in the market for a job right now, you know, you know, it's terrible. Anyway, So yeah, I'm definitely really glad that I'm not on the dating apps anymore. I'm glad that uh, I was able to, uh, for lack of a better term, get kind of lucky and not have to be on them. So that's all I'm gonna say about that. Anyway, we are (laughs) we're gonna finish this article. Finish the rest of this article. Okay. Lawsuits plaintiffs argues that asking users to pay for these perks is employing again. Sorry if you can hear my laundry I didn't really plan that out too well Uh, Employing psychologically manipulative features to ensure they remain on the app Perpetually as paying subscribers the suit which means that they don't which means that you're not going to get a match Like if you're paying for this dating app, they don't want you to get off. They want your money They don't want you to meet somebody because then you're not going to be paying for it anymore the suit says, arguing that Match Group is engaging in negligence and violating co- consumer, protection lo- excuse me, consumer protection laws. The suit is similar to actions taken against tech companies, which we talked about the other day, including MetaGoogle, ByteDance, which owns TikTok, YouTube, and Snap, that allege their business models encourage social media addiction and threaten the mental well-being of young people. I mean, dating apps threaten the mental well-being of young people. D- dating apps have done nothing but threaten my mental well being. Like, seriously. They are like these people that I've met on the dating apps, like, they just, it just breeds the worst kind of people because it's the, it's not even the illusion of options. I like to say the illusion of options because it is kind of an illusion. Because you don't have options if people aren't responding back to you. But you do have options. It's not necessarily an illusion. Like, you do have a bunch of options. So, that it, like, dating apps, like, literally breed the worst kinds of people that aren't really looking for anything other than to get laid, get a bunch of matches, you know? It's... It... I, I remember when Tinder first came out, I was, well, I'm not actually sure exactly what year it first came out, but when it first started getting popular was 2014 and I got on it and it was amazing that I could just have so many guys in the palm of my hand. This was amazing. This was great. I made a lot of dumb decisions. I made a lot of mistakes and I had been on and off dating app since 2014 and hopefully I'm off forever now, but it's so, it it is addicting. It's and it's addicting for people like me who have gotten old and are still single or young people. But when I was younger, I really wanted to go out a lot, but you know, still single, young or old. It doesn't matter who don't want to leave their house and like go party and do the things that we used to do. I'm talking to the old people here. Uh, That you, you know, go do the things that we used to do when we were younger. Go dance at the bars, go to the club, whatever. If you don't want to do that, dating apps are perfect in theory. But when it actually comes down to it, they are, they're causing more stress than anything else. And it's like not even worth it at that point, you know. So it says dating apps are a numbers game. Of course they are. I say that all the time. If you look at Tinder, the average user swipes 100 profiles per day. It's hard to match with people in a quality way during the early stages of interaction, which means it becomes nearly impossible to break through the crowded dating app market. You need millions of customers and enough liquidity, liquidity. Yep, I almost said liquidated (laughs) to keep finding new people. And it's true. And if you meet like and they like I said, if you're paying them money, they don't want you to meet somebody. They want you to pay more money. And I don't really know how the algorithm like if you're really looking for something serious matches you with like the worst person who's not looking for anything but decides to lie to you about it anyway. I don't know how they do that. That would be interesting to look up because that is fucking wild. But yeah, so that's basically what's going on. They're being sued, and I'm not on them anymore, and thank God. Okay, moving on. Another Business Insider article. Millennials, this article. Okay, so I wanted to read this article because I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. You know, it says millennials have been priced out of buying homes and are venting that they can't afford rent either, which, like, To a certain extent, yeah, rent's really expensive. But then I started reading. (laughs) And it says, my lease, um, you know, first millennials were priced out of buying homes. Now they can't even afford their rent. TikTok is full of young professionals saying their landlords are sharply hiking their rents. And they have no idea what to do. And I I was hooked because that's exactly what happened to me. I was not planning on moving this year. I was going to stay another year. But this year they upped my rent more than they have in the last four years. And it, I was like, okay. And then I got a, I got a steal at this apartment complex that I had been walking a dog at for probably a year now. And it's, and I loved it. I was like, man, I hope one day that I can live here and it's great. And I got a deal on a, on a, on a unit there. And so I'm moving at the end of April but so, you know, this part of the article had me hooked and then I kept reading <laughs> and then I kept reading and I realized why I clicked on it and why I wanted to talk about it. It says my leasing office chose violence. Caitlin Murray, a TikTok creator, said in a recent video, she said she just received her lease agreement for the next year. I was still hooked. I'm still hooked here. OK, uh, for the next year, for her 450 square foot high rise home in Boston. OK. She moved into the apartment in 2021, she said, and paid $2,600 per month. Now she said her landlord wants it to be $3,444 a month. I love Boston, but it's not New York, she said. That's it. This is insane. You know what's insane, Caitlin? That you're paying $260, or. Sorry, $2,600 for a high-rise apartment. Did you know? Did you know that there's probably cheaper places that aren't in the middle and the heart of Boston? Guess what? I'm not going to get a high-rise in Denver. I'm actually going to be moving 10 minutes down the street from where I currently live. And then for my new job, I will be driving Thirty minutes plus because of traffic. Because I don't want to live downtown, and I don't work downtown, so don't come fucking stalk me. But I don't want to live downtown. I don't want to pay twenty six hundred dollars for a high rise. Guess what? The place that I'm moving into is half of what this Caitlin girl is paying. Okay, so the bone that I have to pick with this article is the fact that you can't have everything you want. Okay, you can't have the nicest, most modern, most bougie apartment ever that you want, and also be able to afford your rent. I'm sorry, that's just not the way it works. It just—I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read. Rent's expensive. Blah blah blah. Whatever. And then I—the article just lost me after that because I was like, girl, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have an expensive apartment and all of the luxurious. Things and all the new clothes and all the, you know, cosmetics and the skincare and the hair and the nails and the this and then that. And I'm not saying that she has all that stuff. I don't actually know. But for somebody who wants to live in a, you know, a, what, a, what is it, a high rise $2,600 apartment, like, yeah, you can infer that maybe she is a little more on the bougie side. And it's like, there's probably cheaper apartments. Somewhere else, just saying. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in Boston, but I'm in Denver. Okay, Denver, Denver. I did, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned this last week. I did a Patreon episode where it says 95k is lower middle class in Denver. Okay, I'm not talking out of my ass in bumfuck nowhere in Nebraska. Okay, I'm living in Denver. There are cheaper places. You just have to be willing to give up some of your bougie aspects like when i move i'm giving up my vaulted ceiling i love my vaulted ceiling when when i moved in here it was march 27th 2020 the day that everything shut down here in denver (laughs) for covid and i sat for months at my kitchen table just shooting Rubber like, you know, when you were a kid and you made the gun with your fingers and you'd wrap a rubber band around it and let go of your pinky I was shooting gun rubber bands into the vault of my ceiling like I you know what this ceiling vault Has been amazing. I don't know what my christmas tree is gonna look like in the next apartment I don't have a big christmas tree, but man the vault is so nice. I'm giving up my vault Okay Because i'm gonna be on the second floor. You know what else i'm giving up storage space unfortunately (laughs) i'm giving up Logical storage space for weird storage space in weird rooms like the kitchen and the bathroom. So you cannot have it all anymore. That's not going to happen. If you want to be able to afford your rent, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Now, I'm not saying, okay, there is one sacrifice I will not make, and it's in unit laundry. I clearly, here I am, like recording and doing my laundry. I must. Must 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 have in unit laundry because I am the kind of person that throws it in and then takes a nap and forgets about it. So I could not, I could not hang at like um it like a what do they call or a laundromat obviously, and then the uh, in building laundry or whatever like laundry facilities that are in there. I did that in college and just sitting there, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't, I really can't do this. So there's you know pick pick and choose, you know pick your poison. Pick your pick your sacrifices, but you girl, Caitlin, I know you're not listening to this. That'd be cool if you were, but uh, you can't have it all. You can't have it all and rent's expensive. So you got to pick what you're going to sacrifice. I don't know where I'm going to put my Christmas tree, but you know what? We make sacrifices for the things that we want. <laughs> oh, all right, you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. I am praying for an easier week. Start my new job on March 4th. So exciting, don't forget to subscribe on Spotify rate five stars, go follow me on Instagram at talking Headlines pod go get your merch talking headlines dash com and I will see y'all next Monday. peace.